All right, hello and welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Dane here with Josh and apologies for the delay on the podcast. Uh, We were traveling over the holidays and of course we thought we were going to do it and never did. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, but we're here now. We're back. Happy New Year. 2022 is here. Um, 2021 was a great year for me, but... (laughs) I think uh, everyone's looking forward to a new year, better yeah. than last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, so today we are going to be talking about five basic things that we wish we would have started doing earlier or sooner. Yeah, my five things, I'm kind of looking at this from a bike perspective so kind of on the bike things that i wish i would have come uh started earlier um and the one one of the things that not on the list but is not on the bike would be training but that's one that we've i've kind of always been doing um but if i hadn't been training that would have been on my list for sure Mm -hmm. what's your list kind of made up of a little bit of both Mm, I had a harder time with this because I started late this sport later in life. Yeah. Well, I definitely started the sport part of it later in life. Started the whole thing. Yeah, you started brand new later in life. Like, never ridden a dirt bike in your life. Two-wheel sport. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've ridden mountain bikes and stuff, though. One year. Yeah. One summer, I should say. Like, cruisers around campus and whatnot, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) So you had a little two-wheel experience. but I actually had a road bike, too. With a motor. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. My road bike. Yeah, you definitely came into it later. So you had all new things. But kind of what I was getting at with the, the idea of this topic is that if, we, if, if you would have taken some of these things and really focused on them individually earlier, your progression could have been that much faster. Right? Sure. So if you are someone who's newer or, I mean, shit, even intermediate to pro, like there's still so many things you can break down and practice individually to improve, make improvements um, that this is just kind of things that I look back at and wish I would have focused on more, um, having done a little bit of focus on them now and just seen how much they help mm-hmm. and then, you know, continue to work on them because they're kind of endless, I think. Yeah. So, uh, first one for me is static balance, which like, as we've done more and more clinics and worked with other people, um, this one just becomes so apparent because it takes so much time to build up the skill set that when you go somewhere and all of a sudden it's required, or maybe you're, you you get in a situation where you need to have it and you don't have it, there's nothing that you can do immediately to get it. (laughs) Like you're Mm -hmm. literally just going to have to go home and practice this skill over and over and over before you can go put it into, into work in like out on the trail or in a, wherever you are. And so it's kind of, it seems like a no brainer, but it's also really hard to go do because it's not that much fun it's really hard. It takes a lot of time of practicing it to see progression. So it's really easy to get, um, unmotivated or, or, um, what's that word? Like down on yourself. 
Um, un- yeah, I think unmotivated. Uh, disinterested. I know there's a better discouraged. word. Discouraged. Discouraged, yeah. Um, but if you stick with it long enough, it starts to pay dividends. And then when you are on the bike out riding, you start to notice it and it's really exciting because maybe, like I like to play a game if I'm following somebody and they do random stops or whatever. Like, or if I, I crash in front of you. Yeah, or if somebody crashes in front of me, whatever it is, like my game is to not put my foot down. And so I'm, it's not just mine. I'm sure a lot of people do this, but it's a great one because then you're just always practicing balancing. You're trying to, you know, the unexpected random stops, you slam the brake and then all of a sudden it's five seconds before that person in front of you moves again and you're able to stay on your pegs the whole time. It's kind of cool. And so that's one kind of out in the wild, if you will, that we do. But I've been for the last two months, roughly, two to three, been pretty diligent about getting just 10 minutes a day of static balance practice in. It doesn't happen every night, but if I try and do it every night, maybe I get four nights every week. So that's 40 minutes a week. After eight weeks, that's 240 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure what that is in hours, right? 12? No. Uh, that's that's about my math knowledge base. <sighs> divided by 60, this shouldn't be that hard. 240 divided by 60? Yeah, so that's four hours, I think. I don't know. Four hours. Let, let's just call it four hours. But over over a big period of time, that's a lot of time that I've been now practicing static balance and seen major improvements on concrete, which is which is nice. Cause, but it did take a while. Like the first month, I didn't think I was getting any better. Then all of a sudden, it kind of clicked. Started being able to stay up for a while. Um, I've done like three minutes without putting a foot down on concrete. So you were doing this, and then we went and rode over the holiday yeah where did you notice the biggest improvement um transfer you know it was just confidence to staying on the pegs through stuff where my feet would fly off before um and then some log riding and being able to like pop your wheel onto an object and balance and then blip up it basically um, those were kind of the biggest, and then just more comfortable going slow, tight turns, more comfortable going slow through technical stuff. Uh, yeah, it just builds on itself. And then as you're doing bigger obstacles and bigger climbs, um, just having more balance and being able to stay on the pegs longer. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's ever ongoing and I feel like I'm just starting to scratch the surface, but it's, it's, it's fun to see, and it's it's for me, at least for us, like where we are, it's one thing I can do at least when there's a bunch of stupid snow on the ground that I can feel like I'm making some progress instead of just stalled out and having to wait, you know, two months till we can get back to the desert or something. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so that was number one, static balance. Number two, one of the things I wish I would have started earlier, and I'd, I'd say I started this maybe a year or two ago, but it started just trying to work on pivot turns all the time. Like when we're out on trail riding, if we're turning around and there's a big flat area, instead of being a normal person and trying to just turn around, (laughs) I would try and do pivot turns. Show off. (laughs) Well, right, and that's what everybody kind of thinks. It's like, why are you trying to show off? It's like, I'm not trying to show off, I'm just trying to learn the skill. And it paid off because then I started to get more comfortable, more confident, and then pretty soon, 
it changes your how you perceive trails because you're never scared you can't turn around. And so I used to have to, it's like driving around with a trailer, right? You always want to know where your exits are, like what you're getting into when you're pulling into a parking lot. But now you're just that much more confident that if I go down this trail, maybe it's this kind of weird, like tight, single track, off camber hillside, you're still much more confident that you're able to turn this big machine around and get out of whatever you got yourself into if you have to, if you can't make it through or, or something weird happens. So obviously you want to start doing these things in a safer environment, but I think the sooner you start trying to, to learn these things, like get your front wheel up without using all your energy and strength, right? Make the machine work for you, the better off you're going to be. And then if you use do a drill of this and just make yourself, I'm going to do 10 of these before I load my bike up for the day, right? When you get back from your ride or if you have the ability to do it at your house or whatever. But because it's real easy to do one, you're like, oh, sweet, I did one. Um, and then not do another one for the whole day. It's like you have these opportunities to get 40, 40 reps in throughout the day. And being able to manipulate your front wheel over terrain um, is probably one of the best things for, you know, hard enduro for skills, I would think. Low I level. Just say riding in, in general. I mean, any kind of trail riding. You never know when you're going to come across a log or whatever. Log, rock. Um, maybe you're pointing in a slightly wrong direction. You want to point a little bit different direction before you get going. Yep. Pop your wheel over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one that I did start decently early, but I it should have been even earlier mm-hmm. and not, not feel like it's, it's not something like you're trying to show off. It's just, you're, you're basically just trying to get comfortable working a skill and the more reps you get, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Number three would be a more advanced version of this, I guess would be like double blip stuff, but I would just say getting unstuck. So again, from a trail riding background, like getting stuck is not something you want to do. So we avoid it at all costs basically. But if you would actually went out and practice getting yourself stuck, but it happens. Yes. It happens all the time, but instead of treating it like something you're avoiding at all costs, putting yourself in situations again, in a safe environment, to where you can work on getting unstuck and getting reps doing that pays massive dividends. So high centering yourself on a log and practice getting over that log without pushing, right? Because it all boils back down to being able to ride your bike over these things and not... And conserve energy. Yeah, not use strength and leverage and all that. I mean leverage maybe because it's a little bit more efficient, but... I would say being able to use the bike to get yourself over these things mm-hmm. and get yourself unstuck. Um, I think, you know, logs, rocks, putting your rear tire in a hole, putting your front tire up against something when your rear tire's in a hole, whatever. Um, along with that would be really learning to pay attention to what your tires are doing and where they're at. So when you're in these scenarios, the other good part about practicing these things is you can really take your time and look around without feeling this pressure from a group or from 
uh, your significant other potentially when you're out on the trail, right? To get or going and get race. moving or in a race. And so you can really look at the situation and, and then kind of accumulate all this knowledge to then use in the future. All right, number four, the slow wheelie. <laughs> uh, I really wish to God I would have started this as soon as I started riding again because if I had known how long this stupid thing would take, mm-hmm. uh, at least now I'd be a little bit better at it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it's different for other people and I'm sure there's people out there who pick it up super fast but apparently I'm not one of them it's taken a long time it's still taking a long time but the other uh, things that you gain from practicing this thing over and over and over and I mean over and over and over is just clutch control you you're really uh, tuning in to how minute those changes are and need to be um, so yeah, it's it's been and you just get that much more comfortable with your front wheel being up and higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the hard enduro world, very important um, being able to make those small adjustments, and that will go back. You know, your if you can start practicing so wheelie stuff. Um, there's some great YouTube videos out there on this as well, and it's gonna help your pivot turns. It's gonna help your double blip stuff. It, it's kind of a it's definitely a show off skill. Right? I mean, it's super cool. I say, yeah, it looks cool. And it looks cool. Uh, but I think there's a lot of practical stuff you can take away from it. And it's pretty fun. I mean, it's annoying. It's kind of like static balance. Like, it's going to be forever until you feel like you're getting somewhere. But then when you start to get that balance point at the top, and um, I mean, I still drag my foot all the time, but it's it's still pretty cool. I was going to say, I feel like they've even, like, I remember that wheelie assist thing, the wheelie stopper that. What is it? What was it? The thing that made you not wheel, go all the way over? Yep. Yeah. So there's manual. Um, they call it manual, right? Because you're not moving. But it's like pra- manual practice. And so uh, they, there's a lot. They're pretty no, common. No, I'm talking with, about like a thing that was invented that you put on your bike that's like it helps you with the wheelie. Yes. There. There's a couple different versions of that. But, but the, I was saying like somebody invented something and sold it to get you better at the wheelie. Yeah. That's how important it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've honestly contemplated building one for the mountain bike and putting it in the garage. Oh, is it a mountain bike thing? Well, there's the manual, right, which is no pedal wheelie. So you got to be going down a slight hill or go real fast. Mm. And then there's the dirt bike version, which is out there, but that one looks pretty spendy and it's got to have wheels and it's all a bunch of moving parts. But mm. I could do a wood one for the garage. So it would be a, I just haven't got to it yet. All right, slow wheelie, number four, start sooner and later. Um, you might go through a couple fenders, but it's all part of the game, I think. Last one, number five for me. And this one, I mean, we all do in the beginning, but then we don't know what we're doing. And I think it's it just takes constant, diligent, awareness and the sooner and the more attention you pay to this the better off you're going to be and that's weighting the pegs holding pressure um i feel like this was this is like one of the lifelong pursuits i think when you're riding because that's the whole name of the game right just keep traction 
Um, but the more cognizant of it you can become sooner and the better off you're going to be. So really manipulating the bike through your feet and thinking about that, where your weight is when you're going over rocks, roots, on a side hill, all those things, staying on the balls of your feet. Um, that one took a little bit of getting used to. I used to ride in the very beginning before any clinics or classes or teaching and they're just starting you know you're just doing whatever you can do to get down the trail and there's a tendency to start riding right on the arch of the foot you know heels real close to the peg and the sooner you can get back so your heels are kind of dropped and you're more on the balls of your feet gives you more suspension through the legs um, it moves your weight back a little bit more on the bike uh, you definitely have to be more active with your feet for shifting and for braking and all those things. But in the long run, it's it's going to make some, some big difference and be much more comfortable. In the beginning, it's, it's really hard to do. But that's a big one. So just constantly being aware. It's kind of like looking ahead, right? The waiting your pegs thing, I think. It's just you got to always think about it. What am I doing? How can I make it better? Um, I mean, that for me, that's something I've always enjoyed about writing is that there's always stuff to work on and think about. But definitely like looking up, you know, it's easy to start staring right in front of your front tire, staring at the objects you don't want to hit. And, I'm really good at that. <laughs> and to, to get yourself out of those ruts when you when you well first it's it's a, it's figuring out that you're doing that quicker and then getting yourself out of it faster yeah it makes a big difference so being aware and yeah wait the pigs so last one kind of honorable mention if you will um, we kind of did this but I think the the it, it would be going going to clinics paying for lessons like it's gonna bump you up so much your skill set's gonna become so much better so much quicker mm-hmm. if if you do this so if if you're on the fence about it seek out you know professionals. some professionals close to you or make a trip it's so worth it if you have the means to be able to do it um yeah very important we did it Early on, I think the very first one we did ever was the Shane Watts Clinic. Mm-hmm. And my biggest regret was not really taking anything we learned and practicing it. Like now, kind of knowing what I do and looking you back. Did practice, I remember. Yeah, little bits here and there, but not, not enough. Like I, I really kind of was like, oh, well, that was great. And... I got to see some things that I hadn't seen, like watching Shane ride. Some of the stuff he was riding was awesome because I just or hadn't just like understand. I hadn't seen anybody that level do some of the things that he did, but I also didn't. Uh, some of the things I was like, that, like cornering would have been one. I could have, you know, hammered some corners for sure. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't a waste. It was a huge step up, but then I could have taken a lot of those drills and stuff that we did Mm -hmm. further and got more out of it 
if I would have been more aware of, oh, like I just need to put the reps in on these specific drills and that's going to improve the trail riding. That's going to improve the, you know, downline racing and all that stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's my dirt tastic plug for the, for the ladies listening. Um, that was definitely a game changer to me and speaking to other women, um, seeing other women having gone to multiple, we'll say clinics or whatever, um, seeing other women do these drills, do these techniques was so helpful for me because it was delivered in a digestible fashion. Um, it's really great and awesome when you can see people do like a freaking 12 o'clock wheelie and 12 o'clock pivot turn. Yay. Great. But, um, that was really impactful to me. And then also just the other thing is like everyone explains something differently. And so like having just a variety of coaches, a variety of ways that things are taught and explained, um, is, is super awesome. Um, so all the ladies out there, if you're on the fence or maybe you never even heard of Dirtastic, check it out. There are women's-led um, group camps uh, where we teach the fundamentals of dirt biking, and they have different um, styles of riding, too. They have, like, desert. and um, I think she's trying to do a trials one. I just saw that with Kylie, which would be super awesome. Um, but anyways, uh, different disciplines, I will say, of writing, but check that out. That's shameless plug for Dirtastic, and I'm lucky to be a Dirtastic coach, so <laughs> you'll get to see me too, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, along with that, some of the other ones we've done is with Destry Abbott and Cooper mm-hmm. a couple years ago at DAA training. Um, uh, what is it, Max Offroad, Max Gersten, uh, Rich Larson's, so... Mm-hmm. The more I had you can. A friend do uh, crap. What's his name? Steve Hatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you Let's can do, the better. Um, you know, learning from experts. They're the ones that practice this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any and like Dan was saying, you're. The more you go to, the more you can. Um, you know, maybe you got people you ride with who are. Ask questions. You know, mm-hmm. why'd you do this? Why'd you pick that line? Yeah, or yeah, I was gonna say, or maybe it's even people that are better than you writing. Yeah, yeah. seek out the people. Doesn't have to be a. You maybe don't even have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's always stuff to learn. Yeah. Super fun. So that was it. Five things I wish I would have started doing earlier, um, or just more of, and so, gonna continue this trend moving forward and. See where it goes. Mm-hmm. So what do you... Those are my five. Dan, what do you got for your... Um, so, I mean, a lot of mine are similar. Um, I don't need to repeat the static balance stuff. The pivot turns, I would say 100% uh, for me as well. And the wheelies, I would l- kind of lump that into just learning how to get my front tire up. Um, and then... The one thing I wanted to add, uh, well, I mean, mine are pretty plain. I wish we would have started Enduro Method earlier, the business. <laughs> ha ha. Uh, and I wish I would have started dirt biking earlier. <laughs> ha ha. 
Um, I started as an adult. I don't know how old I was. 23. I'm 31 now. It's when I first bought my dirt bike. But, like, <laughs> it's still not second nature. But looking ahead, I feel like, I, I don't know if I'm just making excuses. Because I'm like, I, this is not, like, normal for me. Like, stop staring right in front of you. And, and it sounds like everyone else does this too, so. But I would think, like, maybe if you were learning that as a kid, you know, like, if you were to give me a volleyball, I would start, or basketball. Like, we go to the basketball court, and it's like, I haven't played basketball in how many years now? Over 10. But I can shoot a basketball and dribble and whatnot and probably do the same drills that you practiced there you go like we practice practice that over and over and over like for 18 to 20 years of my life was practicing that stuff so but i think that's the word right i mean that's that's the difference for me like but i I, what i'm getting at is i'm curious if you practice all the like as a i don't know maybe is it is it easier to look farther ahead and not have that like cross-eyed problem that I have where I'm like tweaking out. Um, I would be curious, is it more ingrained? Is it more habitual for somebody that maybe sure. grew up dirt biking? Whereas I'm a ball sport person where probably eyes, you know, I mean, but that's what I, that's what I try. If, if there's one message I would like to pick try my line, I was it, never taught to pick a line, <laughs> get it across. And this whole thing is like, just yeah. start practicing your sport. Mm-hmm. It's literally practice because that's what we used to do. Say basketball. Yeah. We'd practice five days a week mm-hmm. and yeah. we'd play one game. Yeah. Basically dirt biking. We play fucking games all, games. all weekend <laughs> and no practice. That's all it is. So that's like what I'm trying to say is practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Your your learning curve goes up. Your enjoyment curve goes up. Uh, you can make all your friends jealous by getting not much better than them, not much quicker. Like that's the whole point. Yeah. So uh, one thing I wish I would have started earlier: dirt biking. Um, the one of my things was mechanicals. I wish I. It's almost like I wish I would have started and I wish I currently do is just kind of learning more about the mechanic piece of the bike. My mechanic sitting here next to me, giving me an eye roll. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, like I play the girl card on that or whatever, but I should really learn how to, I should really learn more about the... (laughs) The stuff about bikes. <laughs> That's how bad it is. I don't even know what you'd call it. Um, so that's one thing for sure. I I would like to pay more attention to that. Yeah. At least. I mean, you got some basics down. Yeah. I mean, I just use time as my excuse, but I mean, really, I have no excuse. But yeah, um, pretty much the same, similar. Um, but yeah. Things we wish we would have started doing earlier. Yeah, and now it's just keeping them going and yeah, for sure. Reaping the benefits. Yeah, but we hope that you find this valuable. Um, maybe it incentivizes you to start doing some of these yeah, things. Yeah, new year, new you. New year, new you. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to contact us, enduromethod.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at enduromethod. Um, I guess it's a thing to leave reviews. <laughs> Make sure they're only a five-star. My rule, rule with reviews, by the way, which is a good rule to follow, I think, is if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Really? I'm on another train. <laughs> I like if you hate I, it. I, okay, yeah. Actually, I do. I go like on reviews and I click the one star. I'm like, all right, what did they say? Yeah. <laughs> no, leave what you feel it's worth. Um, yeah. And that also helps us try to make things better. So. Yeah. Or maybe if it's a negative review, just send us a DM. <laughs> <laughs> put it up there. Uh, put it up there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, apparently that's a thing. I listen to podcasts all the time, and I haven't had that in there. I've never left one review, and I listen to a shit ton of podcasts. I haven't either. Yeah, so. Anyways, Sorry. if you're up for it, give yeah. us a review. Um, and then, yeah, find us if you have any topics we want to cover. There have been some questions that we've got um, sent in that we are going to be hidden shortly so um so just add some more rolling these podcasts out but yeah if, if you got some topics or things you got questions on or ideas send it our way yeah and happy new year happy new year cheerio